wonderful. I think some of the, the happiest moments of my life have been when I felt like I was trying to accomplish something. This is too loud. And so uh, I remember one of the first trips I took, I was going to Uruguay, and I was on a trip to actually learn. And I, I, I got over there, man, it, it was just mind-blowing. When I first started working in the prisons, I, I'd go to multitudes, multitude of prisons, and hundreds and hundreds of inmates. So a lot of times I was carrying different bands with me. We would feed the whole prison. Right? I mean, so I, I carried in a pool, a, a portable pool, and baptized people. Support. <laughs> they got a smell in that pork, and, you know, <laughs> they went from Allah to Jehovah. Yeah. So it was just wonderful. But I could tell by the looks on their faces when, when, when they realized that we, we didn't forget them. Right? And so, man, I'm going to tell you what, the Lord would just move. For over four years right here in this city, I was meeting on Nash and Vic Street, every prostitute, drug addict, crackhead, you name it. And, and I, would, I would feed them, and, but I would feed them, uh, I'd preach to them first. You know, I, I, I'd let the food be the smell, and, and then I'd captivate them, right? <laughs> and then I could hold them long because they were hungry. No, I'm just joking. One of the things that I did in the city is that uh, I talked with the mayor and, and, and we lined up a whole city street, whole block. And I put tables all the way down that block. Had my buddy come, Lord have mercy, that dude could play a ever-loving guitar. I mean, and the band would come. I put on great big old puppet shows. And the people that went with me, I had one rule, and that is, is that you had to sit down at that table and break bread with somebody, somebody in the neighborhood. And if you couldn't do that, I wouldn't let you come, right? I mean, it, it had to be that way. I wanted them to know that we were there for more than just being another religious identity. I didn't let anybody put up church signs. I'm like, no, today we're, we're all the same church, Right? I didn't even put up church. We funded it all, but I didn't even put my name out there. I know if I didn't put mine, I ain't going to let you put yours, right? <laughs> right? It was incredible. During Christmas, we'd pick up, like I had the mayor, he gave me a city bus, and we would go and pick up multitudes of kids and bring them in and give them all Christmas presents. Wow, I'm talk, you're talking about a meal fit for a king. I'm telling you, it was just absolutely wonderful. Now, you know one reason why I could do all that? It's because a flood came, and a group of people gave me $100,000 to give away. Woo, I lived in the project. I ate government cheese, people. So I, I know what it's like. And then, and then you know, I got to be a trusted individual. I, I, was, I had an unlimited American Express in my pocket. And they would give me money to give away. I was living, I'm telling you. Man, I, I wrote more checks than you could shake a stick at helping people. And, and, and that was such a beautiful, beautiful 
feeling. So what I've been trying to do for like 15 years here is to raise up a group of people that understand that, that Jesus himself gives us insight about how church is supposed to be, right? Jesus even said, my kingdom is not of this world. Man, ain't that something? When you really, truly come alive in your spirit, man, I'm going to tell you what, the spirit of God just begins to rise up inside. And one thing that you will find from people who are truly, truly enlightened, truly saved, and I mean, and, 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 and not of this religious world, is you will see that there's a light inside of them that they want to go about doing good. Because if Jesus is in you, I can guarantee you that you are going about doing good. If you want to follow an example, follow Jesus' example. What did he do? He went about doing good. Look at your neighbor and say, do good. It's hard enough not trying to be bad, right? Somebody say amen up in this place, right? And so... Church should be a place that comes alive, but it must have a good foundation, right? Must have a really good foundation. And the church is, is not about this building. It's, it's not about the, the, the programs and all of these things. Church is about the people that are sitting right beside you. Come on, look at your neighbor and say, I'm so glad you're in church. Look at your other neighbor and say, you need to be in church. There's nothing in the world that, 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 that makes a church come alive any more than the people that are inside the church. Come on, right? Come on, say amen. Isn't it true? Look, and, and listen, it, it's, it's a beautiful thing because God just, he equips us all. He gives us all different gifts, uh, all the things that make up the body of Christ. You are so needed no, no one is, is exempt. And, and listen, I, I, I see people come in sometimes and it's almost like there's, there, 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 their countenance is down and it's almost like they don't feel like that, that God either knows them or, or, or God uh, would use them. I want to tell you something. God wants to use you in the most powerful way. Amen. Yes, ma'am. Because I might not be able to reach your crazy family. Right? You might have to do that on your own. Come on, say amen. It got quiet right here. You say amen real loud. We'll all know we're in it together. Who's got crazy people in their family? Me. Who's got crazy neighbors? Me. Right? Who's got crazy boss people? No, I'm good. You're all right. Right? The, the, the Jesus, when, when you understand it, and, and, and wow, I wish I could get, I, I won't be able to finish today because we'll have to roll. But, but do, you, do you understand that Jesus' main point was when he was walking the earth and he came to this earth? Yes, we, we know that he's Emmanuel, God with us. We know that he came to, to, to be that sacrifice. But Jesus had a goal, and that goal was to change people's mindset on how they thought about the Father, how they viewed the Father, how they viewed his image, because the religious world had tore it all to frame. They had misrepresented who I made. And let me tell you something, God is not about hate. 
And there are people who have serious issues, right? And listen, I, I, listen. There, there are folks that got all kinds of wacky stuff wrong with them. It's, it's a good God. It's a bad devil. Come on, say amen. But the last thing people need is somebody pointing a finger in their face and damning them to hell, and they don't even know their story. Come on, talk to me. You don't understand what maybe that individual has been through in life. You don't understand where they have gone and, 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 and who was there and who wasn't there. And listen, I, I don't have time to argue with a bunch of religious people, and I'm not going to tell people they're going to go to hell. I'm going to tell them there's a loving God that has the power to deliver. So you see, if wacky people start coming to church, will it bother you? It hasn't bothered me yet. Right? A church that does not bring in folks that have a hope for Jesus is a church that is absolutely useless. It has lost its salt. There is a lost and dying world that is out there that is ready to see the image of the Father. To get past all this re religious world and, and that they can truly see just how beautiful God is. Is he real? Yes, he is real. Listen to me. If you've ever doubted that God was real and you, and you don't know, then let, let me tell you something. You, you, you don't have to walk around with a 20-pound Bible. You don't have to have all the fancy words. You can look up toward the heavens and say, hey, I would like to know you. The Bible says that if you seek me, you shall find me. Right? And let me tell you something. I'd messed my brain up. Yes, I had. I've done enough drugs to just kill three elephants. Right? But he touched me. He touched me. He gave me back my right mind. He helped me. He, he, and, I, and listen, and, and I had a bunch of church people trying to help me. You need to stop smoking. You need to stop. Right? Like cut your hair, all that kind of like. I, I used to wonder why Jesus was so concerned about my hair. I thought it was pretty. It was long. I had hair back then. I was just if I could grow my hair out again, I would, but it just looks scraggly, so I have to just cut it off. I don't want to be that guy, you know, with gold chain, you know, balled up. Nah, that hair growing out my ears, no. I just like I, I, I always wondered. And I'm like, and, and, and listen, and, and, and we'll and, and we'll get next week. I'll, I'll finish, uh, especially because I want you to get to an understanding of how to minister to broken people. How how to go about it? Because you are God's agents to do that. And listen, I and, and please take this as I I have led thousands of people. Thousands. I've had hundreds of inmates run. I did a service at Pope Youth Center. And I mean, it was huge. When, when I walked up there getting ready, somebody said, whistled at me. And so I said, no. Come on to church, my man. 
got to preaching that night. Wow, what a great, the Lord just showed up in a big way and nothing was happening. And then this one guy, he got up and he came to the altar. And when he came to the altar, it's like it started a riot. The next thing I know, multitudes were coming. And at the end, this, this chaplain came to me and told me I had an open invitation to Pope Youth Center. And he's like, what happened tonight was so amazing. He said, I never believed unless I saw it in my own eyes. He said, the guy that came up, he said, he's the meanest dude in the prison. He said, done killed two people. He says, and when he came up to the altar, he said, I felt the atmosphere break. And next thing you know, you have several others that are just coming. Let me tell you something. God wants to touch people's lives. And listen, you don't need an auditorium. You don't, you, listen, you can minister to somebody in the grocery store. Right? Oh, oh, yeah. it, it does not have, get your mind out of this building. This is where we come together and we worship God together. We get strength from the Lord. And, and if there's a need in the house, we minister to our own. But look, we're not just coming just to get ministered to. We're getting built up so that we can minister. Right? Right? It's, it's church has been institutionalized. It's, it's, it's been a gathering place for Christians that don't know what to do. Are you listening to me? Right? Because when the Spirit comes alive inside of you, you're going to notice things that change in your life. I remember I was on this job and I was doing really good. Everything I put my hands to, I tried to do the best that I can. And so I was, I was making backsplashes. You know what backsplashes for the counter stuff? And, and so I, I, I got there and, man, I was just whipping them out. And, and I, I remember this dude, he didn't treat me right. He was the boss man. He, he did not treat me right. And uh, the big old guy came down, and they had this good, this huge order. And, and I heard him talking, and the guy said, well, we need to get on it, and need to get on it. He said, put the new guy on it. And you know what this dude did? He, he said, no, nah, he can't do it. I was like, what did he say? <laughs> I mean, he said, no, nah, he can't do it. And, and I heard that big boss man look at him and say, well, put him on it anyhow and, and, and see how much he can do. And so he did. The guy said, no, he said, it'll take him two weeks to finish. Boy, that's the wrong thing to say, right? So after two days, I had completed that project. That guy came up to me, and he was like, oh, man. He's like, wow, he said. And it was almost like he was giving me a half-hearted apology. But then he started treating me worse. And I remember, it was this other guy, and, you know, he was a fair guy, but he didn't work half as hard as I did. But they, they seemed, did I do something? He said, what are you talking about? I'm like, have I offended anybody about, about done anything? And he's like, oh, he said, you don't get it, do you? I'm like, get what? I'm like, no. I'm like, this dude, I'm like, I'm trying my best. I'm like, it seems like it. He said, no, you don't, you don't get it, do you? And I'm like, no, I don't. And he says, Man, he said, let me spell it out. He said, you scare him. He said, he's afraid you're going to take his job. He says, because you do the job better than he does. I'm like, oh, Lord, have mercy. I'm like, you mean I got to dumb it down to be his friend? Right? It's like they were looking. It's like he was looking for me to make a mistake. And I remember this one guy, he, he came back there and and he started talking to me, and he says, he said, what is it about you? 
He said, you're different. And I'm like, I'm different. He said, yeah. He says, I, I noticed, he said, you, you don't say all the other things. that the, He said, what is it about you? And so I told him my story, where I came from. He said, I knew it. I knew it. You know, at that moment, I was ministering to this guy. I knew that God had me. I mean, you, 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 you get all in an uproar because somebody treats you bad. Can I tell you that when you do good for the Lord, that sometimes the enemy will test you? Are you in the house? Right? Sometimes when you're trying to do good for the Lord, it seems like somebody will do something ridiculous. You're like, what? You try to figure it out like, whoa, my day was going so good until I saw you. And, and if you're not careful, you won't realize that doing good is something that the enemy cannot stand. Huh? But listen, you got to wade through some stuff in this life, right? And you can't let folks that treat you bad take you away from God's purpose in your life. See, 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 see. That is a true statement. Let, 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 let me tell all the young girls in the house, there's always going to be a snooty little girl somewhere, right? Always going to be drama, right? Let me tell you something. You serve a big God, and let me tell you something. You don't have to change for anybody, right? You serve the Lord, right? Just leave other girls' boyfriends alone. If she breaks up with him, it's because she probably should have. Why you want to go pick him up? Because if she can't stand him, how do you think you're going to stand him? Come on, somebody say amen. Drama, drama, drama. Look at your neighbor and say, drama. All right? Leave the drama alone. All right? Uh, go on past all that stuff. Church should be a place, and we should have the same concept that Jesus did. Jesus was talking, and Philip said, show us the Father. We'll see what, what, what the Father. And Jesus said, have I been so long with you that you still don't know who I am? He said, if you've seen me, you have seen the Father. Can I, can I tell you that the Bible says that we are to go about doing good so that men could see our good works and that they would then glorify the Father? So I want you to understand that one of the most important things that you can do is when you're walking in this life is to make a great representation of who the Father is. Man, I was having such a great time. And this, this lady came up the other night, and buddy, she was drunk and was full-blown into it. <laughs> There's a big old crowd out there, as he say, Will you help the homeless? Can you do somebody a favor? Because cause I was hungry. Can you help? Can, can you? And I'm like, I got you. I got you. I was thinking to myself, well, I hurry up and get her out of here. She's going to run all the customers. Because she was right out there in front. She's a flailing, right? <laughs> so I fixed her a great big old chili cheese fry. I put the steak on it. And, and, and then she ran over to a, a, another trailer. I reckon she was worrying somebody else. I don't, I don't know. But she was loud. And then I saw a lady come up. She, she looked nice. And, 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 and the girl said, yeah, that's my sister. And the girl said, mm-hmm. 
And so once it got made, I ran out that truck and I, and I, and I, and I went to find her. And I seen the sister. She says, she's over there. And, and, and so when I gave her food and all like that, she was so appreciative. And, and I saw the look in her sister's face and all like that. And I could tell that, you know, the, the people were looking and all that. And, and then uh, maybe 20 minutes later when I went out the truck, I saw her. She had, she had eat her stuff. She had eat her food. And, 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 and when I went out there, she, she saw me and she, she held her arms out. And so she went over there, and, and she gave me this beautiful embrace. And I just, I just, she, she knew that I didn't look past her. And then I'd done some other few things for some people. And then next thing I know, I was getting another hug from another. Then I seen this guy, and I did some stuff, and he shook his hand. He just took it, and, and he said, man, I sure appreciate it. I just thought to myself, oh, I'm the, I'm, the, I'm the luckiest man in the whole wide world. Because I just got to do some things, to do some good. And listen, these are people that probably will never, ever be able to give me a dime. But it was the richest blessing that I could have had. Because you cannot put a price on that. Jesus said, when you give to those that can give back to you, what more do you do? He said, folks that are sinners do the same. He said, but when you give to people that cannot give back. Right? Then you open up heaven's door. Listen, I don't want to be rich just for the sake of being rich. But I would want, I, look, my heart's gold. And it's a good probability. It's a good possibility. Who knows? Who knows? I want to be able to write a million-dollar check. I would love to write a million-dollar check and just give it to the kingdom. Because that means if I wrote a million-dollar check, (laughs) who needs that much money to survive? Come on, talk to me. See, you need that much money to survive when you think you're going to live on the earth forever. I was 58 years old. Now, I'm about to check out of here in maybe 25, 30 years. right? Unless the Lord gives me a Moses experience, right? Right? I get so old I can't chase my woman. Just send me on out of here, right? (laughs) I've lost my use, right? No, no. Want to be nice, healthy, all those kinds of things. But listen, I'm not living to live forever here, right? I might not ever accomplish much financially here. But when I get to heaven, I don't want to be broke, right? I want to lay up treasures in heaven where the moth and rust, it doesn't corrupt, where there ain't no thieves that can break through and steal. Jesus tells us that where our, our, our treasure is, that's where our heart will be also. Come on. We're living in a now moment, a kingdom now moment. I want you to stand back up to your feet and turn around, look at your neighbor and say, I'm so glad I came to church. Hey, look at him and say, I'm so glad you're in church. Now smile at him real big and say, this is a great church with great people. Do you love the Lord? Do you love him with all your heart? Is God good? Now listen, 
for years and years to Pharisees. And I'm, you, you, you can stand. I'm going to let you go in just a second. For years and years, the Pharisees had ruled. Well, they had done it. They had ruled. They had ruled over the people. And Jesus came and began to call out the Pharisees. Be, began to call out their hypocrisy. And, and, and listen, all the people's example was because of the religious leaders. How they viewed the Father was because of how they viewed the church. Are you listening? And so they had this image. And, and the Pharisees, man, they, they loved to say long prayers. They, they, they loved their dress. They loved their Versace. They, 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 they wanted, they had power. They were extortionists. When, when the people came to the temple and to, to make sacrifices, they were there at the temple selling the animals and making profits to the extent that Jesus got so upset, got mad. If you have a problem sometimes with me just getting, like, emotional, then, then let me tell you what Jesus did. He walked up in there and they were extorting the house of God. Let me tell you something. We live in a world. See, see we think that they're so bad, but let me tell you something, that, that there's a, still a religious spirit that's in this world. Jesus was so upset and he walked in there and he saw what they were doing. And listen, you couldn't sell those animals without getting permission from the Sadducees and the Pharisees. The money changers. They were making profit. Let me tell you something. Sin has become a big profit. Right? These guys were capitalizing on people's failures, on their mistakes. And Jesus walked in there and he saw what they were doing and he was so mad. He got so mad and angry that he grabbed a whip and started turning over the tables. Sweet, lovable lamb, Jesus went off, had a moment, and got so mad. The Bible says he drove them out of the temple with the whip, and he started screaming. It's been said, my father's house should be called a place of prayer, and you have made it a den of thieves. Can I tell you? That's time to clean up the house of God, right? And I look at your neighbor and say, and it starts with my own house. You ever met somebody that won't clean your house, but theirs is still nasty? So what we got to do, we got to clean our own house. We got to make sure that we are doing God's will. We, we're doing his work, that we are finding at Wilson Praise and Worship, we are finding our purpose for the kingdom, right? I'm not trying to clean up the next church's back door, right? I don't even want that job. That's a hard job, right? I'm not trying to tell them what to do, right? Lord have mercy. I got, I, I, I got enough to do without trying, tending to somebody else's business. Come on, say amen. But what if we start a fire? What if, what if, what if we catch and we move and, and we, we, we do things that are so significant? 
See, we never stop doing good, people. We never quit doing good. You don't retire from the kingdom. Right? I'm 85 years old, 90 years old. I'm, I'm t- I promise you, if, I'm, if, if, if my time is coming and, 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 and that nurse comes to my bedside, I'm going to mess with her. Well, <laughs> I don't even sound right then. I'm, I'm going to talk to her, whoever it might be. I, 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 might even, I might even just mess with him. I might, do you see him? Do you see him? I want my children. I want my grandkids. I, I, I want them to understand. Not the God of Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob. I want them to see the God of their daddy, their granddaddy. Uh, uh, I really, truly want them to see God inside of me. Because if they can't see God inside of me, how are they going to see God in anybody? Come on, talk to me. Listen, we thank the Lord. And man, we've been praying. I, I have been praying that God will send the right people at the right moment, especially for all of our young people. But don't leave it up to youth pastors and pastors and all these. You have, to, you have to start right in your own home. Your children need to see God inside of you. And it don't just need to be on Sunday. He's so real. Man, fill your house full of praise. Fill your house full of worship. Man, if, if something crazy is going on, you don't have to wait till you come to church to take communion. Jesus said, as often as you do this, do it in remembrance of me. So you can give communion right to your own kids. You can, like, if you don't have a man or if, he, if he's not very spiritual, hey, you can, you can still do it at home. Who knows? Slip him and don't even tell him what it is. But <laughs> well, some of you here like, hey, you cooked? <laughs> you don't have to wait. Jesus never wanted us to make it in he can express ourselves in the gift that God has given to each and every one of us. And let me tell you something. You are absolutely just beautiful, beautiful people. And God loves you with an immense love. You say, well, Pastor, I'm so messed up in the head. Okay. Look at your neighbor and say, I feel right at home. Right? Do you feel at home? Can you tell the presence of the Lord is in this place? Do you feel the peace of God? Because without that, without his presence, this is just a building. Can you say amen? amen. Next week, we're going to talk about one of the most misunderstood scriptures. Jesus gives us all these understandings. I beseech you, brethren, by the mercies of God, that you present yourselves to be a holy well, this is holy and acceptable unto the Lord. And then it says, and be you not conformed to this world, but be you transformed by the renewing. For some of you, removing is appropriate. <laughs> <laughs> but most people think that this scripture is about sinners. It's not about sinners. Most, most say that this is, you know, you're getting saved. and li- No, you have to remember that back in this day, everybody was religious. This is Jews. Jews were scared to death of 
the Sadducees, Pharisees, they had to walk by the law. You could get stoned really quick. This is not a scripture for sinners. This was a scripture meant for the Jews. And what he was literally saying is that to be not conformed to this world, he was talking about the religious world. Breaking yourself out of this just coming to church and making this more like a social because he's given us this understanding that don't bring me no more dead animals. He said, I don't, I, I'm, I'm tired of dead animals. Christ has died and he won't die again. He doesn't have to die again. And he's like, you don't have to. What, what, what I want is you to be a living sacrifice. This is talking about changing your mindset from the law unto grace. And beginning to allow the Lord to come alive inside of you. Well, guess what? In just a few moments, I'm going to go cut up some of the best flank steak in the whole wide world. We're going to cook some chili cheese. I cook that chili with love. I'm doing the best that I possibly can. And we're going to go. We're going to serve some folks. Hopefully, there'll be some people out there that, that we can minister to, that we can see. And, and, and even on top of that, then the, the money that is coming in, we're going to be a blessing to some beautiful kids, right? And so I, I, I'm grateful for that. I'm grateful for the opportunity. And let me tell you something. Thank you for all that you've been working really hard. I appreciate you so much. Man, you are a wonderful, beautiful group of people. Who's going to come back next Sunday and, so I can finish this message? All right? I finished. It's going to be really good. Won't you slip your hands? Father, we just love you. We appreciate you. What a great God you are. Thank you for every soul under the sound of my voice. I thank you, Father, that you're doing something in their life to draw them so much closer to you. Lord, that the gift that you placed inside of them, thank you. And I thank you, Father, for the right moment, the right time. I thank you, God, that you're bringing out the best of us. Thank you for what you're doing in our families. Lord, I pray right now, I, I blend my, my faith with all these beautiful people that you would touch husbands, you touch wives, you sons and daughters, you touch cousins. Lord, that you would bless our families. Lord, that you would help us to minister to those that you place in front of us. Lord, we ask that you give us our families. Lord, don't let one single member of our families be lost. Help us to show the Father. Help us, Father, to come alive so that they can truly see.